Thank you, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of the Rowdy Buddhist. I really appreciate everyone's sincere and uh, strong support of this podcast. We've been getting so many listens; it's it's really inspiring. I have been working on a other uh, a lot of other activities and projects um, for everyone, so that's why it's been a little while since I've given a podcast. But today, I was just doing uh, my weekly. Shugen walk, which is basically walking through the forest with different techniques of visualization and concentration, uh, allowing one's uh, self to become purified and balanced, etc. Uh, again, as as I led many people to understand, this is the basis of Buddhism: is health, good health, uh, strong spirit, strong energy, so that we can fulfill our role as bodhisattvas. Uh, that. Through that balance, uh, we're able to gain compassion and wisdom, which are our natural uh, frames of mind. And so today, I wanted to share with everyone this concept of spirituality or practice or uh, whatever you want to um, call it, as far as that bigger, true, authentic self that we're all trying to, to get to and and to go back to actually uh, through our spiritual practices, and actually I wanted to call this that spirituality. Spirituality is a uh, priorities and choices. That's what it's based on. And it's interesting because a lot of times we tend to convolute our thinking about spirituality into very difficult and and somewhat abstract terms. Spiritual terms can can be very wonderful. Also, spiritual explanations can be very wonderful, but sometimes they can be very, um, how do you say, disconnecting for oneself. Uh, basically, removing one's own personal responsibility and, and, and what our frame of mind and what our actions, our causes and conditions, as we say in Buddhism, that lead to either the mind of aspiring mind which leads to, of course, awakening, joyfulness, awakening, equanimity. Or we have the negative mind. And and a lot of times, especially religion in general, wants you to think that it's beyond your ability. That's why a lot of times people are stuck by the vehicles, and that goes for every religious organization, including Buddhist organizations. Um, people get stuck in the vehicle. Now, vehicles are very important. Vehicles allow people to gather, to practice, to organize, etc. That's why the Buddha made the community of the Sangha uh, one of the three jewels of Buddhism. But what I really wanted to explain is, is through my own personal journey, because that, that's all I can really share with you. And, and I, I believe most humans have the same aspiration. That's why when we look at people... Whatever they're doing in their life, whether we consider it good or bad, based on our judgments, everyone is trying to do their best to fill an empty spot, trying to fill the information they don't know, they don't understand, sometimes to uh, remove or fill or kind of push away fear, which is a huge driving force in our lives. And one thing I always was challenged with in spirituality was actually spirituality itself, as crazy as that sounds. 
you know, being a monk and, and practicing Buddhism, you, you may, from the external point of view, go, well, Reverend Siddharman Kanjin seems to be very into spirituality. Well, actually, like anyone else, uh, it's somewhat a difficult relationship originally. Because, again, as I, as I said for this title, Priorities and Choices, Usually when we come to spirituality, first of all, we may have some doubt in our priorities. That means we may have chosen things in our life that we think are important. And then we realize, well, they're not self-sustaining. Uh, they're not really helping me. They may be harming me mentally, physically, spiritually, you know, socially, however you think about it. And also the things that we're interested in and we want. So a lot of people come to spirituality as a passing uh, concept, which... One day they feel so bad about themselves that they decide the first thing they're going to do is come to the temple and become a monk. Just renounce it all. And, and this is actually quite a common uh, reaction of most people. Again, this is an extremist point of view. But most people don't understand what that entails, what it means. Um, and, and they're not really making a lifelong choice. They're making a reactionary choice based on trying to, again, escape uh, their suffering. You know, either it's that breakup or you just don't feel good about your life. You don't feel like you're doing anything. You don't feel like you're getting anywhere. It's a common thing with, with humans because this is the kind of questions that we ask ourselves on, on a daily basis. And we try our best to fill that either with... Um, People use uh, relationships, substances, uh, philosophies, beliefs, everything. We just we try to fill that that gap because that's why you know again when when we look at somebody who may be involved in uh, negative behavior, really negative behavior such as drugs or alcohol, etc. It, it's not a question of you know why they do it. It's what does it do for them. And that's, again, where we come back to our priorities and choices. It's not easy to make a priority or choice of spirituality because I think in a lot of ways, you know, our ego is a, naturally naturally has an aversion to it. So you'll see yourself get into spirituality. And again, without a teacher uh, and also with one's ego and uh, suffering, we always... Misconstrue, misinterpret, and again, use spirituality for our own pleasures to, to get out of our suffering and uh, our own relief. And then once it's done and we realize, first of all, it's, it's difficult, that may stop us from doing it. Um, we may find out it's uncomfortable. You know, again, coming out of other behaviors or ideas, it's uncomfortable because you have to answer questions that you don't have answers for. Uh, sometimes finding those answers or finding the insight into those answers is not easy. Uh, finding the right people to, to be associated with. That's why if you look at the three treasures, first of all, meeting the Buddha is difficult. Getting the correct Dharma is difficult. And then meeting the correct Sangha, or as we say, good spiritual friends, is difficult. Because there's a, there's a lot of pitfalls in, in such a delicate um, endeavor. And so... A lot of times you may think that if I just change my whole life, you know, I start wearing hemp clothing and 
and chanting, uh, you know, one or two hours a day and eating vegetarian and that, that that is going to change you. Well, those things are not sustainable. Um, it's interesting because you're dealing with your mentality and your mentality wants what's best for itself. And that's how it judges itself. It, it judges itself first on relief, uh, getting relief, uh, freedom, because we have a huge sense of freedom, uh, you know, and and being able to, in some way, have more, I wouldn't say even happiness, because people, some people aren't even interested in just having happiness. They just like less suffering, less anger, less sadness, less fear. And, and even not having happiness is, is good enough for them. And a lot of people I don't even think know what that means. Uh, we, we understand when, you know, it's important to understand that biologically, that when we're happy, there's certain chemicals in our body that are making us happy. Or when we're sad, there are certain chemicals in our body, certain reactions going on internally. And a lot of times, we in our ignorance believe that we control everything in our brain, and that everything is able to be uh, fixed with the brain as well. And that is where we usually fall short and also realize our extreme limitations as to our ability. So I had the same issue. So that's why I'm sharing with people this important aspect that Skomoto Setsi at one time told me and if, if if when I was told this of course I didn't believe him that it was this simple that actually it, it's very simple but very challenging very difficult so when I say simple it doesn't mean that it's easy it just means that the concept is is uh, simple uh, and that we are complex of course when we um, implement things so idea of priorities a lot of people have never really understood what the priorities are our priorities change usually according to our mood because especially in the modern sense uh, we move by our moods um, by our uh, stimulus stimulation so for instance we want things that are stimulating that make us feel good we're, we're kind of stimulation junkies or you know, uh, those kinds of folks that are into getting adrenaline junkies uh, on different levels, emotional junkies too. You know, hence all the self-help books that we, we spend a lot of money on and we read. And we feel good for a bit, but then we go back to our old uh, ways. Why do we go back to our old ways? Because that's what we've been doing for the majority of our life. That's what we've accepted as our priorities. And those priorities, until we realize and and not even when I say realize doesn't mean in the, in the mental sense, though that's where it begins with changing one's philosophy and one's belief, but also experientially understanding it. That's where Buddhism usually falls short these days, is experiential practice. And that doesn't mean the high that you get when you're just chanting the Daimoku and you feel good after it. That, that's not what I'm saying. There's a kind of balancing act hence we use the way, the middle way, that we see in the threefold way between emptiness and, and you know, substantialness, like, but the nature is empty, and then, of course, understanding the middle way, causes and conditions. We want to 
suddenly change, but we're not getting to the core of what needs to really change. So as Komoto Sensei said, many times he would ask me, what is my priority? And, and I believe many people have different priorities, but we never really bring them up. They're kind of just always there, right? We never question that. We only question them. Well, I don't think we even question them. We just ignore them and, and try to find a way to feel better right now and then go back to our priorities of suffering. But I realized, as, as I just said, the priority is suffering for most people. And that actually what Buddhism allows us to do is change our priorities, that's bodhicitta, towards enlightenment. How does that happen? And so I want to share my experience of that. So when Skamoto Sensei said, what is your priority? I didn't know what my priority really was, even though probably in my mind, my ego was saying, you have priorities. You know what your priority is. But to be able to actually contemplate and, and even that's why it's nice to have good spiritual friends to be able to explain or say what that is uh, as my as my um, priority, I couldn't do it. And that is interesting because we don't have any concept of what influences our other priorities or what influences our life as a whole because we really didn't, we don't really know ourselves that well. I'm really, the more I study uh, Chinese internal medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, wow, most people don't even know their own bodily functions very well or internal spiritual energy functions or the idea of spiritual sense. They definitely don't know what, how to preserve one's life because that's not a priority for most people. The fulfillment of desire is a priority for people. And that's why if you look into the word bodhicitta means to aspire, which means to change one's priorities. And that's not easy. But our body, our mind, our spirit is, a, is an amazing adaptable being. Because again, it's, it's made out of elements. And then our spiritual essence, our Buddha nature, is under malnourished, undernourished. Because it's not our priority. Our ego is extremely well nourished. Our desires are extremely well nourished. Our emotions, um, probably not mature, but nourished. Because we give into those emotions more. We follow that. Um, a lot of people follow the body too. Which is in the uh, element of desire. And we never get beyond this. That's the concept of samsara. The kind of... When people say samsara, it's like the circle like a um, funnel, but actually I think of a toilet bowl where eventually once you're flushed, you're flushed and uh, life is done. And then we're spinning around. It seems like it's a long time or probably shorter time for some people, but actually in, in the scope of things, it's extremely short. It's one flush and we're done. <laughs> but what is in, interesting in my practice, because I, I fought with this issue myself, in that being able to hold on to spirituality with my other priorities, my other priorities would always win. I'd always go back to my desires. I'd always go back to my emotions. Spirituality really didn't feel like it had a place. Like it wasn't, it wasn't able to hold on 
It wasn't yet in my body, my bones. Master Chantai talks about bringing in contemplation insight into one's body and bones. Nijin and Shonen talks about wrapping one's heart and spirit with the Daimoku. You know, this is a, it's a reality. But how do we get there? That's the important part. Well, every choice we make, every step we take, I think that's from a song, uh, we have to make what is our priority, what is our choice. And that means what we focus on in our life. So if you continue to focus your life for the sake of self, even the sake of others, family, sake of uh, money, sake of whatever, happiness, whatever you stake yourself in, it's actually far away and actually insubstantial compared to the path of the Buddha. And only one can change their priorities through choices. And, and those choices then become a realization. That one's body, just as the same as, here's a perfect example. If you've ever eaten healthy, I'll give you myself, eaten healthy, I've gone to a retreat, eaten healthy, uh, according to my body, that doesn't necessarily just mean vegetarian, but healthy, and feeling light, quite positive, then it's interesting almost like pure self-sabotage, my body immediately felt like, why don't we go, we, we got to get our thing. We got to get something. And, and I don't know whether or not it was based on fear or arrogance or whatever. I made a choice to go eat McDonald's. Of course, right after eating McDonald's, I realized while eating McDonald's, not after, uh, taste was not so good as compared to the good uh, balanced food and then suddenly I felt awful after eating it and it's interesting because no matter what it was based on an emotional response you know whatever the activating event was whatever it was um, sometimes they call that spiritual stress that's why you know when you come out of a retreat it's very important to take your time to kind of repurpose yourself back into um, your daily your regular way from a spiritual way uh, not to immediately jump in you'll end up harming yourself and uh, your, your energy your spirit etc and it's fascinating that how did I get that to change well experience was one of it but the idea of priority what I wanted in my life because I don't think most people really are dedicated to wanting to attain enlightenment, wanting to have equanimity. And again, it's not easy because, you know, what is the path? What is the goal? In Buddhism, we have a concept. We don't know what it is until we get it. And, and that's what's fascinating and extremely difficult, why people say it's such a challenge. But I don't believe um, that it's, it's much like that. I, I think that we can, through... Um, Understanding the body, the mind, the spirit, and making through our education, not education and understanding doctrine, which people believe that that's the way uh, to practice. No, it's not doctrine. Um, doctrine is important because it allows us to understand what is the proper way according to the time, etc. That's what Nietzsche and Shonen shared with us with the Lotus Sutra and the Odaimoku. But the idea that we 
then inculcated into our body so that then our priorities and choices are linked with the bodhicitta, the aspiring mind. And it's fascinating because it was not about forcing it. It was not about me becoming a priest or a monk. That didn't seem to help it at all because while I was doing those things, I was still very much uh, contending with the suffering aspect and the, the desireful aspect, etc. You know, some little bit of relief, even because spirituality can sometimes build up and, and be quite stressful. <laughs> if you don't, if you think about it, it can be quite stressful learning something new or or looking into one's nature. Not easy. Uh, so therefore, when we use the physical arts such as yoga, uh, the eating arts, the energy arts, spiritual arts that the Buddha gives us, when we live Buddhism holistically in our life, that's only when my priorities and choices changed. Because it wasn't based on my mind anymore. It wasn't based on my emotions. It wasn't based on the effect of the toilet bowl, the circle of samsara. It was based on something called Buddha nature. And actually, the, the change in mind came about when I realized that nothing, nothing, including other people, including religion, including anything, was substantial in this world, except for the Dharma. And as I've said many times, it's like a string, like a spider's thread that I hold on to uh, as the only, uh, the only something in this world that is substantial and that leads to awakening. That's the idea of faith that Nietzsche and Shonen stated. Uh, it takes time because we have choices and that every choice we make either brings us closer or farther away from uh, our practice, our realization, our, our authentic selves in the idea of Buddha nature. And it comes down to simply the idea of knowing what is proper and improper. And sometimes through the awareness that we have, uh, first of all, the awareness of the body, because I think when people, people don't know that they're sick, People don't know that they're tired. They just believe that that's the regular way life is supposed to be. And they've accepted it until finally the toilet flushes fully and we're gone. But actually, through spiritual practices, using the holistically body, mind, spirit, understanding it, our body then understands because I don't think that Buddhism is something that is done through the mind for most people especially in this age I think it's done through the body and I'm not talking about gyo like austere gyo I'm talking about gyo in general which means practice um, and that means that now when I study Buddhism I automatically in my body which is usually what leads us first my mind my heart are all kind of together that I automatically make a choice towards the Dharma. Of course, everyone makes the choices uh, incorrectly, but again, every time that happens, it just re-solidifies my priorities and my choices. Whereas usually, most people don't get the point and they just keep repeating it over and over because they can't, they haven't internalized the practice. So this, this is my main direction, that if you want to change and really be on the path of Buddhism. 
of the Buddha Dharma. We study with our body, and that's why I'm teaching a lot of these different arts, to have the realization of what good and evil is, what is positive and negative. Uh, and there is. Some people will say, well, there, it's just emptiness, yes. But when you look at the body, when you look at the mind, there is, as Master Chantai said, the good and evil of it. Knowing what is uh, leading one towards the path or what is leading one away from the path. And naturally then our choices, our priorities are reshaped by that. And that's the essence of the Lotus Sutra. So I want to assure all of you that it is possible uh, to lead a life of priorities based on the Buddha Dharma. is a way of life to make naturally good choices based on the Dharma. And that the Dharma itself is a natural process that springs up from inside oneself and connects with the reality of the world. And then we can remove ourselves from the flush of the toilable of samsara in which we're all caught in. But to be removed from it, and this is the natural part. I never believed, and that's why I'm sharing this with all of you, I didn't believe as a modern person that it existed. I thought that one just constantly keeps practicing, keeps trying and, and, and failing. But there is a way through awareness, through study, through practice, mind, body, spirit, that we can be able to find this natural uh, positive priorities and, and, and choices in our life that leads us naturally towards them. And then allows us to be able to be aware of what the negative feels like, what why we don't make choices based on etc. Based and then we use, of course, the wisdom of the teachings. So, you know, take a moment and and really think of what your priority is, what you're doing right now. What what's your priority? Is your priority just to do uh, something to make money, uh, just to be with somebody, to not be alone? Just to practice Buddhism to get something, you know. Of course, it's okay to try to get something in Buddhism, but, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. And it's deeper. So I, I, I just tell you that don't accept just what you have right now. Um, don't accept suffering. Go beyond suffering. Um, and there is a beautiful world, beautiful life, beautiful existence and that's what the Buddha wanted us to do. And, and then we see the path before us and, and everything we do is a really wonderful. And, and again, this is why I study and practice Buddhism is that it's real. And it's the only substantial thing in the world that is real. Everything else is not. Everything else is not sustainable. We talk about sustainability nowadays. Not sustainable. Will not be able to sustain your life will not be able to sustain, uh, sustain your happiness or anything. And that actually from that well, if you take it from the poisonous well of suffering, all things are poisoned. But if we take our lives from the well of the Buddha Dharma, from the Lotus Sutra, our lives will be nourished, our lives will be positive, our lives will be energetic. And I hope all of you take this into consideration and I hope all of you aspire to being able to experience 
the wonderful, wonderful kindness and compassion and love that the Buddha has given us through his teachings. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful uh, time until we next meet. Please make positive uh, priorities and positive choices in everything that you do. Namu Myoho Renge Kyo. Thank you very much. <laughs>